you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy Helmet. hi everybody i hope you are well i hope you're having a great springtime lots of stuff cooking over here one thing that is cooking is a brand new way to submit your questions to the podcast I've been noticing that we have so many amazing premium members sending in so many amazing questions. And because my MO was to answer their questions first, I'm not able to get to other listener questions and it's been creating a big log jam. So I had this idea. My idea is that on the premium episodes that I release once a month, I will answer the premium questions that come in. So that way, premium members get their questions answered within a month of submitting it in their own portal, their own place, whereas everyone else can submit their questions and can get them answered in a more timely manner. So this way, everybody hears their answer sooner and I'm able to help more people more quickly. Speaking of more quickly, I noticed that people would send in really long emails with lots and lots of questions. And while I love to dig in, That takes a lot of time. Sometimes I wasn't even able to get through more than one email per episode. And I know that's a bummer for people who are waiting to have their question answered. So I decided. I came up with this new way of submitting your questions. It's a form that you'll fill out. You'll just go to affordable interior design slash podcast. So once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Right at the top, you'll see a link to click if you're a premium member or click if you're a regular listener so that you can submit your question with a requisite amount of pictures. Because also, I was having to go through so many documents and so many files that were all given to me to understand the situation that it would take me a very long time to prepare for each episode, which made it harder for me to produce more episodes more efficiently. So we're going to try this new method. It's an evolution, right? But I think it will be fantastic. So don't hesitate. Please keep reaching out with your questions. Just reach out in a new way. Instead of emailing them, go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. Right at the top, you'll see the links. You can just click and pick the way that you want to submit. 
knowing that I'll be able to get to those questions much more quickly and have much more concise answers for you. All right, everybody, let's dig in. I had asked you guys to help me celebrate my sixth birthday by sending me emails, letting me know how the podcast has impacted you. And I wanted to read one of those emails and then we'll dig into your questions. So the email came from LaToya and she writes, Betsy, I was listening to your latest episode and as you know, I'm an Affordable Interior Design Academy student. I just had to reach out and let you know how finding your podcast has changed my life. During this lockdown, I must say that this is the freest I have ever felt and listening to your advice and honestly, truly encouraging me to pursue a career in interior design. You've let me know that investing in my happiness is important. You gave me the reassurance that my fears are normal. And now I know I'm on the path that's right for me. It's truly feeding my soul. Thank you for all that you do. And yes, LaToya, that is the exact reason that I created the Academy is that people have these dreams, especially now more than ever, when they're seeing what an impact interior design can have, when they're seeing that interior design is a viable career, when they're seeing people on TV have success being interior designers, but also having their friends and family ask them for help, you know the need is there. Now you just need the encouragement to get there. And LaToya, being your mentor, being your teacher through this academy is such a beautiful experience. Not only do you share everything that you're working on so openly with the community, but you're very engaged, asking questions and hungry to get there. And guys, the very first thing that you want to do When you tap in, when you realize, hey, I'm not living the life I want. There is a dream I'm afraid to pursue. The first thing to know is everyone is afraid to pursue their dreams when they're hard, right? When your dream feels unsure, it's scary, but it doesn't make it any less purposeful. And that shouldn't be a fear that prevents you from moving forward. You just need to find that way that feels manageable right? Taking those steps. In my case, finding that mentor, because I stumbled for many years knowing that this was my path, knowing that this was my dream, but having to forge my own way versus having someone take my hand. And now I must say as an entrepreneur, growing and scaling, I know how important mentors are. I know how important community is. So if you're thinking about doing something scary, whether it's becoming an interior designer or maybe you're just listening to this podcast for fun and there's a different dream you're pursuing. First of all, know that dreams are worth it. During lockdown, I hope you've realized that there's never been a better time to pursue your dreams. We don't know how long our lives will be and um, there's never been a better time to trust yourself and move forward. But also find your community. Don't go it alone. I was so lonely for so many years, and now I have people to reach out to when the going gets tough. And the going always gets tough. It's not smooth sailing. Nothing in life is always smooth sailing that I know of. But it can be worth it when you know you're doing what you're meant to do. So I'm inspired by you, LaToya. Thank you for writing in. Thank you for helping me celebrate the podcast's sixth birthday. Uh, Hearing that it's made an impact on people like you is, is why I'm here, frankly. All right, now let's dig in and let's get to some questions that have come in. 
The first one that I'm going to answer today has come from Stacy, and Stacy writes, Hi, Betsy. I started listening to your podcast, and I'm in love with it. I'm a 28-year-old female that's living all on my own, all on my own for the first time. I'm also renting, though, and I don't have a lot of money to throw at this apartment. I want it to be comfortable and beautiful so that I want to be there more often. Anyway, my question is, what is the best peel-and-stick backsplash? I'm trying to go for a boho vibe, but I seem to keep picking pieces that are more mid-century modern. Are there any boho peel-and-stick tiles that you love? Thank you so much for your time. So I will tell you, Stacy, I do have experience with peel-and-tile backsplashes. Or I'm sorry, peel-and-stick. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What's going on? I usually record in the afternoons, not this morning. Um, afternoons are when I'm most articulate because the coffee has settled in. And I've been moving around and let's just face it, I'm not a morning person, but I am recording in what I consider the morning, 12 o'clock noon here. And uh, I'm just getting my tongue and my teeth and my lips and my brain to connect. I have used peel and stick tiles. I have used peel and stick backsplashes. I do have thoughts, but I don't use them every day. In fact, I rarely use them. But your situation is the perfect situation for something like this. When you're renting, when you don't want to invest, when you want to make the space your own, put your own stamp on it, but you know that stamp can't be permanent or you'll lose your deposit, this is the perfect time to be researching this. That being said, I don't have a whole catalog in my back pocket. So what you first want to do is measure the tile. So if you're going to put a tattoo on the tile, which is just a small decal that will cover the tile versus doing a peel and stick backsplash, which really creates a backsplash when there wasn't one before or covers the backsplash and usually comes in large sheets versus small decals. I love the small decals because you can cut them to size quite easily. They stick very nicely, and there are a variety of companies that do them well. So um, there's a company called StickPretty.com, QuadroStyle.com, MoonWallStickers.com. Uh, there's lots of places to go. Uh, there's even lots of blog posts about tile tattoos. You can look at places like The Decorologist, Department Therapy. There's lots of different locations for these things. And you can trim them to size, as I mentioned before. I would just do some shopping around. The thing that you want to lock into if you find yourself slipping into the mid-century modern is that maybe you don't have a strong enough two-word phrase for your space. The first word being how you want to feel in the space, and the second word being the style of the space, which in this case is boho. But maybe your feeling word isn't strong enough because when you're shopping, when you're looking through all of the different stores that I mentioned, trying to find the best one for you, you'll want to be repeating that two-word phrase in your brain like a mantra and looking to see which options resonate with that style that you've created, right? With that style and feeling word combo. That's what I do when I'm shopping for a space. For instance, I'm shopping for a space right now, a country house for a client in upstate New York. And as I'm looking at tiles for her bathroom, as I'm looking at vanity cabinets and mirrors, I've got her two-word phrase all locked down. Uh, her two-word phrase is anthro farmhouse. Now you might be saying, Betsy, that sounds like two styles to me. 
Keep in mind, the two-word phrase does not have to resonate with anybody but you. It doesn't even have to resonate with your clients if you're a designer. Oftentimes, I won't tell them the two-word phrase that I'm working with because they might have different associations with words that aren't the associations that I have. Words have many different meanings, and people have a lot of different feelings brought up by words. So I don't share it with them unless I'm still formulating it and want to run a couple of options by them. With this client, because we'd worked together for so many years, I felt very comfortable sharing with her that my two-word phrase for her space was anthro farmhouse. Farmhouse being the style because she has a city apartment. That's her primary residence. And we want this to feel different. We want this to be country. We want this to be that oasis that has a completely different vibe and energy when she opens the front door than her apartment in the city. But I picked anthro because for me, anthro is not a style. And I'm referring to anthropology, the store. For me, anthro has a whole feeling associated with it, right? It kind of reminds me of Zoe Deschanel. It's a little bit quirky. It's a little bit eclectic. It's always sophisticated, but it is unexpected. And for me, that encapsulates how I want to feel in her space. Quirky, eclectic, fun, playful, but sophisticated. And that is all summed up for me in anthro. Like I said, that may not be resonating with you that same way, but it helps me to really dig in when I'm shopping for her. And I think that will help you to sort through the hundreds of tile tattoos, or wall decals. They call them all sorts of things. I like tile tattoos best, but they call them tile stickers. Just Google, you'll find a whole bunch to sift through. I have less good things to say about peel and stick backsplashes. I have personally done three peel and stick backsplashes for clients, and it all goes pretty well until you get to a corner. When you have to fold the sheet, it does not work out that well. You have to, in my experience, and I've only used the ones from Home Depot, they do have different brands, but I've exclusively purchased them there. You have to cut them with an X-Acto knife and you have to be X-Acto, right? You can't be messing around. You need to use a ruler. So when I turn the corners now, I break it by slicing the panel into two pieces rather than just trying to bend the sheet. I find that that's worked out better, but it's not perfect. If I was going to rent again, I'm not sure I would do the peel and stick back splashes again. I would definitely, whether I rent or own, be keyed in with these tile tattoos. So Stacey, I hope that helped. You know, I'm not the be-all, end-all expert on this. Like I said, I've only applied these things, oh, I don't know, less than 15 times when you combine the tile tattoos with the peel and stick backsplash experiences. But I do have a ton of experience with decals. Just put some up in my son's room this weekend. And um, I do have a ton of experience with quality. And these are my thoughts and feelings. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, beautifying your home for less, styling your home, and the fundamentals of feng shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock filled with visuals and tips 
things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. Let me get to the next question. The next question was submitted through our handy dandy new portal. Thank you, Bree. And Bree is writing in from Colorado. She writes, Betsy, let me start out by saying thank you for your show and your help with design questions. I love the show. I love learning more about design every time I listen in. Here is some background on my home. I have an 1,800 square foot ranch built in 2017. It has three bedrooms, two bathrooms, and I have an open layout kitchen into my dining living area. I really dislike the colors of my orangey cabinets and the flooring I have right now. The living room is a terrible brown carpet with fake wood floor in the hall, and the kitchen is super yellow. I am not a fan of super warm colors like yellow, orange, or red. My husband and I are sort of opposites in our style tastes. I prefer moody, vintage Victorian looks. He prefers modern, contemporary, industrial looks. He loves gray and wood tones. I love deep, bold colors with metallic patterns. I'm thinking with our preferences that we could both like moody, industrial, art deco style, combining our industrial furniture that we already have with bold colors and modern art deco light fixtures. I don't want it to get too trendy, but I want it to be bold and beautiful, not bland and common. And I am not afraid of color. My current project is revamping the kitchen and flooring throughout. I've picked my inspiration piece, which is a vintage poster that I'm pulling out 60% sage, 30% black, and 10% gold. I'm planning on painting my cabinets black with gold brass cabinet pulls and accents. I want white and black marbled countertops and white black geometric backsplash. I'm not keeping the green that is on the walls at the moment. I plan to paint them in Valspire's Irish paddock. I have also decided on a liner vinyl plank flooring, Calais bamboo castaway oak to offset the darker colors of the cabinets and the wall. I'm planning on doing the vinyl plank throughout the hallway, kitchen, and dining living room areas since it's all open. Here are my questions. Do you think that the moody industrial art deco style is an actual style that would work? I know it's more than two words, but I don't know what else to call that style. All right, let me check in here. So Brie, moody sounds like it's how you want it to feel, but you've got industrial and art deco as the styles. So that is not two words and I don't care how you hyphenate it. That is three concepts, right? Moody, which is that feeling word, industrial, which is a style, and art deco, which is a style. That means you have one too many words in this equation. So I do not think that this is going to look like a cohesive design. I am very worried about this as your inspiration. Moody, like I said, it doesn't have to resonate with anybody but you. 
So that one doesn't really resonate with me in terms of, well, it could. I get inspired by anything, Brie. Really, I could get inspired by like a rock. But uh, moody to me means dark, maybe a little like noir, right? Maybe a little speakeasy, maybe like jewel tones, maybe a little bit edgy or even goth. All of this is coming to me with Moody. And if any of that is resonating with you, I think that could be cool. I even see a lot of Moody in your inspiration piece, which you sent me, which is an old um, Art Nouveau advertisement for absinthe from France. It's beautiful. And yes, it has a ton of sage. It has yellow. It looks like it has some lavender. So I really think that this is a fun inspiration piece to use because it has a black background, which I think will fit in nicely with that moody idea if I'm understanding your phrase properly. Now we just have to figure out whether it's Art Deco and industrial. And I think if you pick Art Deco, you're really shutting your husband out from the conversation because then we're not representing what he likes. But I think moody industrial, you know, industrial already has a connotation of being a little bit dark, right? A lot of metal, a lot of wood, very masculine. So the overall vibe of the space might get a little bit heavy, might get a little bit, I don't know, depressing and dark. Sometimes, as you've heard me say in my book, I'm sure you've read my book cover to cover, Brie, The more opposite your feeling word and your style word could be, the more interesting the space could be. So for me, I already think of an industrial as having some of those moody properties. So it almost feels iterative. It almost feels like you're just repeating a similar word with similar visual expressions. Whereas moody Art Deco might bring something new to the table. Art Deco has a lot of geometric shapes. It has some brighter colors. And then when we're only choosing to look at it through a moody lens, well, that to me has that contrast I'm looking for that could really make the space quite lively. So just deeply define those words and see what's coming up for you. But also, when you're designing a space that another person is going to live in, another person who has thoughts, feelings, opinions about this space, you do want to ask them how they're feeling, right? And if you don't want your space to be too visually interesting, if you want it to be more calming, soothing, monotone in terms of how it's coming across, then you would want the feeling word and the style word to be more the same, But for people who are going for that eclectic, unexpected wow factor, the more opposite, the more interesting, in my opinion. Let's get to your next question. You're asking, do you think my plan so far is cohesive? Would it work with the rest of our darker industrial furniture that we have already? Well, you know what I just said about that, Brie? I just said that I think that three words is not going to look cohesive. I think if you are reusing a lot of dark industrial furniture, then maybe industrial is the way that you go. And maybe you change that feeling word to something more light and playful and maybe even Victorian. Now, Victorian, again, would be a style unless you want to think of it in terms of a feeling, right? So it's really how you define the words. It only has to make sense to you but one style, one feeling. 
Your next question. In the same kitchen, dining, living area, it's so open. Would you recommend one paint color for the walls and one paint color for the living dining areas? I know you don't like accent walls. Should the hallway be the same color as well or should I do another color? Thank you for your help. I've attached some pictures for your advice. So yes, this space is very open. I do see a break between the kitchen and the hallway, but the kitchen is completely open to the living room. Whenever you have an architectural break, like a clearly defined lower doorway, you can break the color at that place. I'm going to pretend that I'm not seeing your multiple accent walls here, Brie, and I'm very excited that you're planning on painting. Uh, I would keep the tone in the kitchen exactly the same as the tone throughout the rest of the space. Green is a fine color to have in a kitchen uh, because it does feel organic. It is a color that you find in things that you want to eat, so it feels like it naturally belongs, unlike blue or purple in a kitchen, which uh, is harder to find in nature and feels like it's less normal in a kitchen or dining area. So I would rethink green everywhere because the green that you mentioned, the Valspar Irish Paddock, is quite dark. And I think it is going to make the entire room just too dark. And also it's a lot of one shade. You know, whenever people do have really interesting, offbeat, unique, different types of styles that they're into. For instance, your Victorian, moody, industrial, art deco, all those things that are really resonating with you. Keep in mind that you are more likely to get tired of them. I am one of those people, so I can speak with confidence, who likes loud. I have a really bright colorful living room and dining room. I decorated it with colors that were in a stained glass window that were already in the space when I moved in, which were red, yellow, and green, basically the color of a stoplight. And we know how much energy that can bring to a space. And over time, and it's been what, five or six years, I'm tired. It's bringing too much energy. It's too much look. And I've kind of noticed the older I get, the more I'm kind of longing for serenity in my space. It doesn't mean I'm going to lose my quirk at all, but it just means I'm more cognizant that what I like today, I may not like tomorrow. So if I do make a bold choice, I might make it in something that's easy to switch out, like removable wallpaper or Uh, like a really big piece of art or loud throw pillows or loud drapes. And I'm probably, next time I decorate, going to be much more subdued with the paint color, with the large visual object of the rug, things that I won't be as apt to change out regularly. So that's some food for thought for you, Brie, but I'm really excited about your new venture. And sometimes when I have a couple who really just can't agree on the direction for a room, I'll let the person who cares most about the living dining room win that one. But maybe the other person cares more about the family room or the basement, and then they get to choose the style and feel for that. So we don't all have to deeply resonate with every room in our home. We just want everyone who lives there to feel reflected in some way. 
So if the living dining room is not your husband's jam, can we give him the basement? Can we let him do that in his way? Have him send me an email with his style and we'll get that all done for you. Bree, it was great chatting with you. Stacy, LaToya, thank you so much for writing in. And guys, thank you so much for understanding our new system. I am really excited at the number of questions I'll be able to answer and the number of people I'll be able to help. I can already see it working right now. And it's just easier for me logistically. So you've got questions. I've got answers. Affordableinteriordesign.com slash podcast. I can't wait to help you out. Until next week, everybody. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.